Well, hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the New Year's Eve live stream. I can't think of a better way uh, than to kick off the new year, spending some time in worship and in God's word. Uh, and tonight we're just going to sing some songs uh, about God's faithfulness, about his goodness, about him still being worthy of our worship in the midst of a really difficult year. Looking ahead to next year, trusting in his character. And so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just invite you to stand, uh, get comfortable, and we'll start with worship. Jesus, our victory, and 
Lord, we won't be silent, our hearts on fire. Jesus, our victory, this sound of triumph, this song inside us. Oh, Jesus, our victory. for joy in every season you are worthy in every moment you're wonderful high on the mountain I will be lifting my voice and in the valley I will be dancing for joy in every season you are
Is he worthy? 
such a, a crazy year uh, where it's easy to get sidetracked and distracted. Lord, we just want to take a moment and refocus on you uh, going into this new year, Lord. Remind ourselves of your character and of your faithfulness. Lord, and even in the difficult times, we know that you're working. We know that you're refining us. Lord, and may the cry of our hearts be, no matter what season we're in, no matter what's going on, Lord, that you're still worthy of our time, of our affection, of our adoration. Lord, we just say that we trust you, that we love you, and we're looking forward to seeing what you're doing in this new year. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
What a powerful song to think about the worthiness of Christ, and he really has been a faithful and worthy refuge for us. Thanks so much for joining us for this New Year's Eve service. It's a great way to end the year and looking forward to the coming of uh, Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you to the RMC family. Uh, Thank you for loving the Lord. Thank you for continuing to love each other, to support us as a staff and be flexible with us. I know for you and for us, uh, there's not been a year like this. Uh, So many uh, at-home services, so many online uh, services, but God truly has been thankful. So he's been faithful to us. So thank you for your continued faithfulness and your heart for the Lord and heart for the body here. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. We're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 35. Luke 12, verse 35. And join me in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your faithfulness. We would have never anticipated the challenges of this year, but you're our dad. You're our Abba Father. And we come to you right now to draw near to you, to look for the soon return of Christ. Where there is unbelief in our hearts, would you move us to a place of faith? May we really be living in a place of readiness, a place of anticipation of your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul ends his letter in 1 Corinthians uh, with this verse. He says, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. This is translated in the New King James Version as this, If anyone doesn't love the Lord Jesus, let him be accursed, O Lord, come. This word Maranatha, it means Lord, come quickly. Throughout this year, that's been the cry of our hearts, is Lord, come quickly. It went from smooth sailing to a roaring economy to now a a pandemic, and we've found ourselves lifting our eyes higher, lifting our eyes to the second coming of Jesus Christ. You remember when Jesus ascended on the Mount of Olives, The disciples stopped and just watched and gazed up into heaven. An angel comes and gives them the message and says, just as Jesus went up, he will return. Christ is going to return on the Mount of Olives. In Luke chapter 12, we're told, we're exhorted, we're encouraged to live our lives waiting in anticipation for Christ to come. Do you believe that Jesus could come in your lifetime? Do you believe that Jesus could come this evening, that he could come in 2021. Oftentimes we say this, I I declare this, but if I'm honest with you, there's doubts in my heart about the second coming of Christ. And as I talk with a lot of believers, there's doubt about his coming. There's a doubt about the rapture of of the church. But as we're going to see from the mouth of Christ, from the words of Christ, it's so important that we live our lives in anticipation that Christ could come at any moment. So let's begin in verse 35. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Jesus says, I want your waist to be girded. For us, this is an unusual instructions, but for the children of Israel, this was to be prepared for action. They would wear long robes, the men would wear long robes, and if they were gonna work in the field or run, They would have to gird up their long robe. 
And God wants us to live our lives prepared for spiritual action. Not to be in a place of slumber or sleep, but to be aware that there's a real enemy that comes against us to attack us, that our flesh is very real, roaring up against us. That we're to press into Christ, that we're to look for opportunities to serve him. That we're to look for opportunities to share the gospel with the lost. Would you say that you're prepared for action spiritually? There's something about this year, 2020, that rolls us to sleep, that brings us to a place where we can get complacent, where we can stop caring, where we can shut off. And if that's the case, then may we be moved by the words of Christ to be prepared for action, to get to a place where our waist is, is girded and your lamps burning. This speaks of a heart that is on fire for Jesus, a heart that is loving Christ and loving others. When Jesus returns, he wants to find us in a place where our lamps are are burning. Has your lamp got dim? Has your lamp gone out? Do we need to, to stoke that flame of our love for Christ? Life can really be summed up with loving Jesus to making him the priority of our lives, the priority of our day. As you think of 2021, is is it a priority to love Christ, to have your, your lamp burning? The church of Ephesus, Jesus wrote them a personal letter and he says, this one thing I have against you. There was a lot of accommodations, but this was the correction. You've left your first love. And is that possibly the case for us? They were still believers They were being faithful, but they had left their first love. And Jesus encouraged them to remember from where they've fallen, to repent and redo the first works. Is there a time in your relationship with the Lord where it was more vibrant, where you were serving him more faithfully? It seems that God is really refining us through this year, that he is shaking, that he's moving to cause us to see the things that are unshakable, And what has this year revealed about our relationship with the Lord? How is it refined and shown weaknesses to go deeper in the Lord? Verse 36, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. When he returns from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Jesus gives us this illustration of a servant that's waiting for the master to come home from the wedding. Doesn't know when he's going to return from this wedding feast, but he's prepared and he's ready. He's girded himself, he's, he's ready to serve. He has food that's prepared. So when the master comes, He opens up the home and says, sit down and eat. And Christ is our master and we're the servant. And are we prepared for his second coming? That when he comes, that we're ready to serve him. Verse 38, it says, and if he should come in the second watch or he comes in the third watch and finds them so, blessed are those servants. So if he comes late at night, in the middle of the night, the second watch of the night, In the wee hours of the morning, the third watch, that the servants 
would be in that place of readiness. Keep watching and keep waiting. We don't know when Christ is going to return. What if it's longer than what we think? What if it's sooner than what we think? What if Christ comes in the second watch or or the third watch? Are, Are we prepared? Are we that servant that's just waiting for Christ to return? In verse 39, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken in. Therefore, also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. If you thought and you knew when a thief was going to come, you'd be prepared. Can you imagine? Okay, I've got intel. I've got the information. I know exactly when the thief is going to come. You would be prepared to defend your home. That thief would meet opposition. But we're told with the second coming of Christ, the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect, at an hour that you don't know. So we have to live in a place of perpetual readiness, perpetual preparedness. When Amber, my wife, goes on the women's retreat, I always appreciate when she sends a text or calls hey, we're on our way back, we're leaving uh, Buena Vista. Because that gives me about two, two and a half hours to get the house ready. I like for the house to be clean when she comes home. But I gotta tell you, while she's at the retreat, we don't live in a state of the house being clean. Myself and the kids kind of let loose a bit. And then, okay, clean everything up, get everything ready. Mom is coming back. She's coming, coming home. And sometimes I think that's the way we live our lives with the second coming of Jesus. We think, well, we're getting closer, but he's probably not going to rapture the church today. He's probably not going to rapture the the church in 2021. We've been seeing these kinds of things for for generations. So I'm just going to go ahead and live my life a little bit lackadaisical. There'll be some complacency. And then if I get closer to my death or... Somehow I I know that Christ is coming, then then I'll kind of shape up a bit. But the message here is we should live our lives like Jesus is coming back this evening. We should live our lives with this anticipation that, that any day he could come back. I mean, think about that. What if you woke up and you thought, man, today could be the rapture of the church. Today could be the day that I see Christ. How, how would that affect what we think about, what we talk about the way we treat people, how we use our time, how we use our resources that God has entrusted to us, what we would watch on TV. It would radically change and transform our lives. And and Jesus says, you're not gonna know. It's gonna be in an hour that you don't expect, that you don't think that the Son of Man is coming. But church, brothers and sisters in Christ, he is coming, That, that is absolute. In verse 41, then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? Is this directed towards us as disciples or is this directed towards all people? And the Lord said, who then is faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. 
Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. Your faithfulness in this life determines your responsibility in eternal life. Jesus says with a steward, a steward's someone who manages something that's not their own. Think of a ranch. Maybe you're charged with taking care of this ranch that belongs to someone else. That when the master comes back and finds the steward being faithful, he's going to entrust more to them. So Jesus is looking for those servants who are faithful when he comes back. Imagine, by God's grace, if we could be one of those faithful servants when God comes back. Then he's going to give us more responsibility throughout eternal life. We know for those thousand years that we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Christ is going to look at how we lived our life and determine, okay, this is your amount of responsibility in those thousand years of ruling and reigning. I think we've just scratched the surface of what heaven's going to be like. And Jesus, in his teachings, he taught us to be concerned about laying up treasures in heaven. It's going to matter. Your faithfulness in this life matters in eternal life. We're all going to enjoy eternal life, but there is that element where we're giving account to God, and it is going to matter the way that we lived our lives. I want to encourage you, those that are walking in faithfulness tonight, you might be wondering, is it worth it? Does anybody see? Maybe you've been home more this year than any year before. You're working at home. Students are doing school at home. Does anybody see my faithfulness? Does it really matter that I'm attempting to be faithful in my family and in my work and the way that I treat people? And yes, absolutely, because God sees and Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes and he returns, he's going to come as the rewarder. I want us to see this evening with the second coming of Christ, it is the exclamation of God's message. Jesus is going to return and he's going to set everything right. He's going to rule and reign as the conquering king. The whole message of the Bible is leading up to Christ's return. All the craziness that we see in this world, the evil that we see in this world, the corruption that we see in this world, the pandemics and the disease, it's all leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, where Christ is going to put all things under his feet. The second coming of Christ should cause us to leap with joy. It should cause us to be in that place where we're longing for his return. Jesus then addresses the servant that thinks the master delays his coming. Verse 45. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of the servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, an hour when he is not aware, and he will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. So you have this steward, this servant that says, oh, my master's not going to come today. He's not going to come back from from the wedding. So I'm going to treat others poorly. In fact, I'm going to be brutal to others. And I'm going to party. I'm going to drink like there's no tomorrow. Hey, this is a great opportunity to smoke some pot. Well, what does it matter? My, My master's not 
coming. And the master shows up when the servant least expects it. Least expects it. It reminds me of a story when my brother and I were growing up and my parents had left us home alone and we were watching some things on TV that we weren't supposed to watch. We were watching one show that my parents had told us that we couldn't watch. And we heard our parents come in the driveway and we went ahead and uh, quickly turned off the TV. And my brother, he told me as my parents were coming in, mom's the word. Now, I wasn't familiar with that phrase. And I was like, what does that mean? And he said it again, mum's the word. And when he said it the second time, our parents heard and they discovered that we were watching this TV show that we shouldn't have been watching. If we were really anticipating my parents' return, we wouldn't have been watching that. In the same way, if we're really anticipating the coming of Jesus Christ, it will affect the way that we live our lives. I want you to hear this and not tune out. You know, don't, don't turn this off, but engage. Is it really matters if you believe that Christ can return at any moment? If for some reason there's doubt or unbelief in your heart that you don't think Christ will return and you don't think that he could come at any moment, it will affect the way that you live your Christian life. If you've adopted some end times view that doesn't allow for the imminent return of Christ, how do you teach Luke chapter 12? How do you live out Luke chapter 12 where Jesus is clearly telling us and declaring to us that he could come at any moment? I need to be exhorted in this as well because many times as I'm living my life and going through my days, I'm not living in anticipation of Christ's coming. I'm anticipating for the world to go on for, for generations. I'm anticipating my life to continue on to my older years, but the reality of it is, is Christ could come to rapture the church, his second coming, at any moment. May we not be those servants that for some reason have taken a view that Jesus delays his coming. In verse 47, And that servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who didn't know yet committed these things deservings of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask for more. So you have a servant that had knowledge and that servant is held to a higher accountability. We're held accountable to the knowledge that we've been given and also to the things that the Lord has entrusted to us. To much is given than much is required. Giving account to Christ at his second coming. I wanna spend a few moments looking at a few signs leading up to the second coming of Christ. We are told in the scriptures that God gives us signs. We don't know the day and the hour that Christ is gonna come, but we're able to look at prophecy in scripture and go, we see these signs are getting closer. Similar to when you're driving from Colorado Springs to Denver, the closer you get to Denver, the more signs that you see. 
The closer we get to the second coming of Christ, the more signs we're going to see. This is Matthew 24, verse 7. It says, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now, nation against nation is ethnos against ethnos. It's ethnic group against ethnic group. This is racial tension. This is racial hatred. This is prejudice. It's what we're seeing in our world today. You would think that racism and racial division and hatred would diminish, but one of the signs leading up to the coming of Christ is nation is going to rise against nation. I believe that we're seeing that fulfilled, unfortunately, before our very eyes. And you've heard me say a lot that racism and hatred is never to be in the heart of a believer. God has created us all. He loves us all. He's died for us all. But in the hearts of those that don't know Christ as their Savior, there's this nation rising against nation. Kingdom against kingdom is speaking of nations in terms of countries like Iran against Israel. These conflicts that happen within countries, that's going to ramp up as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus also says, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, in various places. Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. If you study earthquakes, they're happening with greater intensity, greater rapidity as we get closer to the second coming of Christ. What we're highlighted this year is famine and pestilence. In our lifetime, we've seen nothing like this with the COVID virus that has affected the whole entire world. Yet God has said in his word that there's going to be famine and pestilence. There's going to be more famine, more pestilence as we lead up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. This sign to me is really interesting in Revelation chapter 11. In Revelation 11, I'm going to turn there and and read it to you. We see that God sends uh, two prophets in the midst of the tribulation, two witnesses, And these witnesses are killed, and then they rise up. God raises them up uh, from the dead, and it speaks of the whole world watching uh, this event. So this is Revelation 11, verse 1. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread on the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the Lord God of the earth. So God's going to raise up these two witnesses in the tribulation. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds for their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Notice this. When they finish their testimony, the beast ascends out of the bottomless pit, will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their bodies will lie in the street 
of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, which is Jerusalem, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from peoples, tribes, tongues, and nation will see their dead bodies three and a half days and will not allow their bodies to be put in graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. And you go on to read that after three and a half days, the breath of God enters into them and they're raised from the dead and the world watches that event. How is this a sign that's pointing to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Because here in Revelation 11, it says that the tribes, the people of the world are gonna be watching this event. 50 years ago, if you said, hey, there's an event that the world could watch while it's happening, a live event, we'd go no way. But yet, now we think of a live event being seen around the world, it's totally doable and it's possible. From your phone, you can go live. You can stream live for everyone to be able to watch. And the access to the internet, just this year, how much more time we're all spending on the internet because we're working at home, because kids are going to school online. An event like this takes place and everybody is watching it live while it happens. The technology that's come alongside of this and the events that have happened due to the COVID virus could be a sign that's pointing to the eventual fulfillment of Revelation 11. I would encourage you tonight to read through Revelation 13. We see the Antichrist coming on the scene and he develops a one world government, he develops one world worship, and he develops a one world economy. I believe that we've seen things, and these are just my thoughts, so you pray through it and be a Berean, but I think that we've seen things this year that have set the stage for a one world government that ultimately the Antichrist is gonna come in and have his influence. It's been amazing to see the pressure on the world to all react the same way to the COVID virus. And the pandemic has pushed the world leaders to come together in a greater unity to try to solve the, the pandemic. And though that might be a good thing, what you can see happening is through a pandemic or some other kind of crisis where there's fear in the hearts of people, well, people will say, I'll accept a one world government if that means an answer to the pandemic. I'll accept a one world government if that means that I have peace and, and security. So I don't know this for sure, but I just try to read the scriptures and look at current events and say, is it possible that all of this is leading to what will ultimately take place in the, the great uh, tribulation? We've been seeing a change in culture for years that would lend itself towards a, a one world religion. I think a one world religion, as we're seeing it play out today, is one that tries to make all faiths inclusive. And then what's gonna stand out against this is Christianity because Jesus has declared to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can have eternal life unless 
they believe in Christ. So Christianity will be resisted. And that's what we see in Revelation 13 is this, this killing of everyone who won't worship the beast, worship the Antichrist and his one world religion. You think of hiking Pikes Peak and there's several trails going up Pikes Peak and it's like, hey, they all lead to the top. And that's how a lot of people see faith. It doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or a Mormon or into new age, you, you have faith and it all leads to eternal life. But Jesus says, I alone am the way, the truth, and the life. And then Revelation 13 ends with this one world economy. You can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And, and what indicates the mark of the beast is the number 666, the mark of the Antichrist. We have seen the technology be developed as well to have a cashless society. COVID virus has pushed forward a desire to have a, a cashless society. It makes sense to a financial person the amount of money to print coins and, and print dollar bills. If you don't have any of that, you, you've saved a lot of money and because of concern with the COVID virus, how many times this year could you not pay in cash? You, you can't pay in cash. You've got to use your debit card. You've got to use your credit card to be able to pay. Now, we don't know for sure that Revelation 13 points to a cashless society. What it does say is if you don't have the mark, you can't buy or sell. You can't do, do any business. And there would be other ways to implement that, but the easiest way is that somehow money is going through this mark, this chip that is placed uh, inside of you. So that's conjecture. We don't know for sure. We know there'll be a one world economy. It's very possible that it will be a cashless society, but it seemed that COVID virus really pushed us in that direction. So what I do know is Christ is coming. Is it possible that things that we've seen this year are setting the stage for end times events? Yes, it is. So pray through it. You decide for yourself. But hopefully you come to the conclusion that Christ could come at any moment. Stay with me because scripture tells us how to respond if we know that we're getting closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of times we get caught up in all of the particular events and speculating on what's gonna happen, but we don't take the biblical application that God tells us. We don't, we don't do what God tells us to do with the information that we're receiving. So a couple more verses. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Means that we're able to look and see the day approaching of the second coming of Christ, of the rapture of the church. We don't know exactly when it's gonna happen, but we can look and say it's approaching. So as we see it approaching, we're to do two things. We're to be in fellowship together with one another and we're to exhort each other. We're to encourage each other. We're to challenge each other. I believe Satan has been attacking this year our fellowship with one another. And we need to be resolute in our hearts to say, I'm gonna live in fellowship. 
I'm going to live in relationship with other believers to be creative, to be determined, to say, I'm going to call, I'm going to text, I'm going to use FaceTime. I'm going to be with believers face to face when I, I can. I'm concerned that when the COVID virus is done, people will have gotten out of the habit of being in fellowship. And what a victory Satan will win in our lives if that is the case. We're thankful for these online services, but it can never replace in-person fellowship. So make that commitment in your heart to say, I'm committed to in-person fellowship. What is your worship gonna look like when all of this is done? Are you gonna come back and worship in a church or is this gonna be the new norm where it's like, no, I'm just gonna do online services. It's always been our desire that online services would be a bridge to bring people into fellowship inside of the body of Christ. And I understand the concerns that we have right now with the COVID virus, but what about when the virus passes? We need to be committed to fellowship. It's a command in scripture. Things are gonna get dark spiritually and more difficult, and we need one another. We can't be an island. So as we look at these events, we can get all spun up, or we can say, you know what? I'm excited that Jesus is coming. I'm more committed to fellowship. I'm more committed to giving and receiving exhortation. In Romans 13, it says, and do this knowing that the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. As we see us nearing salvation, nearing the second coming of Christ, we're exhorted to not live in darkness, to not be asleep spiritually, but to live for the Lord. Determine in your heart, I'm gonna live for the Lord. I'm gonna live 2021 for Christ as a living sacrifice looking for the coming of Christ. As, as we examine our hearts, is there things that need to go? Is there sin that needs to be repented from? What really matters when we look at the second coming of Christ is we wanna watch and be ready. We wanna live our lives in love with the Lord, loving people, and loving the lost. When was the last time you had a conversation with an unbeliever, spent time with an unbeliever? This is a great opportunity to reach out to those that don't know Christ as their savior, to be the friend of sinners, to spend time with them and proclaim the gospel and preach the gospel that Jesus died for their sins and rose again. Lord, come quickly. That's the cry of our hearts. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Jesus could come at any moment and we want to be ready. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we hear your words to be that servant that's ready for your second coming. And we look forward to your second coming when you're gonna set all things right. We don't know how everything is gonna play out, but we do know that you're gonna return and you're gonna rule and reign. So we wanna be ready. Would you show us areas of our lives 
where we're not right with you. If our love has grown cold, we want to return to our first love. Would you wake us up spiritually? Would you give us a renewed love for you, a renewed love for one another? We, we pray over the body of Christ. We, we pray over the churches in Colorado Springs, Vanguard and Discovery Church and Woodman Valley and New Life and Calvary Worship Center, Mountain Springs, so many wonderful churches in our city. Lord, would you strengthen the pastors and as a body of Christ, we wanna be in love with you and serving one another. Jesus, our heart breaks for the lost. We, we pray for those in Colorado Springs tonight that, that don't know you, that are hopeless, contemplating suicide, overwhelmed with isolation and give us a heart for the lost. We, we pray that you would open up doors for us as a church to be a light in this community, that you'd open up doors for us personally to share the gospel. We pray for the world. We pray for the body of Christ as a whole throughout the world, that you would strengthen believers tonight, that there would be a real hope and anticipation of your coming. And we do pray for a great awakening that would occur, that many lost people throughout the world would come to know you. In our, in our lifetime, we, we desire to see many, many thousands and thousands of people come to know Christ. In Jesus, we do say, Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have not received Christ as your savior, what a great way to start your new year of crying out to Jesus and asking him to save you. You might be wondering, how do I be saved? And first, acknowledge your sin. I think if we're honest, we all understand that we've sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Then to turn from sin, repent of sin, to, to change our mind and change our direction, but then believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. The Bible tells us that we're saved by faith. Jesus said, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you believe? Surrender your life to Christ. Invite him to be the Lord of your life. If you'd like to receive Christ as your savior, we have a ministry team that's available, that's live, ready to respond and go to the chats and the comments and let us know, I wanna receive Christ and, and we'll reach out to you individually through direct message. You can also humble yourself, get on your knees before the Lord and cry out and ask him to save you and he'll be faithful to save you and then reach out to a believer and let him know that you receive Christ as your savior. Child of God, if you've walked away from the Lord, would you come home tonight? Would you get right with the Lord? Would you humble yourself and acknowledge your spiritual condition and Maybe you've fallen off the wagon in sin. Maybe somehow you've been able to keep your morality together, but you know in your heart you've departed from the Lord. Come back to him. Come back to that place of saying, I'm serving the Lord wholeheartedly. If you'd like prayer, please go to the chats, the comments, let us know. We wanna pray for you. And then finally to the whole church family, I know it's been a really hard year and we're here to pray for you right now. Would you let us know the prayer needs, the prayer requests that you have in your life? The Lord loves you, we love you. Thanks for walking through this year with us. And we cry out together, Lord, come quickly.
lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Well, thanks so much again for tuning in tonight. Hope you guys have a a great New Year's Day, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in 2021.